Well, hello and welcome to the CSF Monthly Podcast for August 2020. Uh, with continuation of the current COVID pandemic, this podcast is a, a plan to keep you vigilant with the latest in the field of rheumatology research. It, it's difficult at the moment for us all to keep up. There's a, so many so many papers and so many pressures in our time, particularly as we're moving to virtual clinical care. So I hope this podcast finds you well. Today I'm going to review two papers which explore in different ways the use of JAK inhibitors without methotrexate, i.e. monotherapy. Uh, now always remember that the detailed summary slides of the papers discussed are available at cytokinesignaling.com. It's an amazing resource. Uh, I personally find it really useful and I, I hope you'll feel free to use it and I'm sure you will find it uh, very beneficial. Well, let's look at the first paper by Roy Fleischmann and his colleagues and it investigates the safety and efficacy of baricitinib with or without methotrexate for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, now these uh, data come from the RA Beyond study and that's a, a long-term extension study looking at the, the, the safety and efficacy of baricitinib. Now, the original safety and efficacy of baricitinib four milligrams were reported in people with early active rheumatoid arthritis treated in the pivotal study RA Begin. Uh, the study concluded that baricitinib four milligrams had superior efficacy methotrexate monotherapy in people naive to methotrexate up through 52 weeks. This report considers patients from RA Begin followed for a further 24 weeks in RA Beyond. That's an ongoing long-term extension up to seven years uh, following the safety efficacy of baricitinib in those who completed prior phase two and three studies. So that's a pooled analysis. Now RA Begin methotrexate naive patients with early active RA were treated with methotrexate monotherapy, baricitinib four milligrams monotherapy, or baricitinib four milligrams in combination with methotrexate. Those were the three arms. And at week 52, RA Begin patients could enter the RA Beyond trial. So fairly conventional long-term extension design. All patients in the extension phase received baricitinib four milligrams monotherapy uh, when they entered that phase. Methotrexate could be prescribed throughout the study at the investigator's discretion. So what were the key findings? Well, most people who required methotrexate during RA Beyond initiated additional methotrexate in the first four weeks of the study. Uh, patients originally treated with baricitinib monotherapy who continued in RA Beyond showed ACR 20, 50, 70 responses that were sustained through the next 24 weeks. Uh, patients generally showed greater within group improvements from their RA Beyond baseline at disease activity and function following the addition of methotrexate. Infections and infestations were the most commonly reported adverse events as we'd expect and the most uh, common TAs were infection infestation with nasopharyngitis, upper respiratory tract infection and urinary tract infection the most frequently reported. So what do we take from this? Well, uh, safety and efficacy of baricitinib are demonstrated in RA begin trials and maintained in the long-term extension and in people who discontinued methotrexate in the study uh, they had this reinitiated and maintained good control overall. So that gives us some idea as to how we can manipulate patient care with and without the use of methotrexate in the context of baricitinib treatment generally. Now the second paper I want to come to uh, comes from Ronald von Vollenholmen and his colleagues and this is a paper that investigates the safety and efficacy of upadacitinib monotherapy in methotrexate naive patients with severe active rheumatoid arthritis. Now this study investigated safety and efficacy of the paracitinib 15 or 30 milligrams uh, given 
once daily monotherapy during a 48-week double-blind randomized active comparator controlled period, and again, a four-year open-label long-term extension. 947 patients with active RA were selected. Uh, patients were either methotrexate naive or had received methotrexate for less than or equal to three weekly doses and completed a four-week washout. Patients were excluded if they had prior methotrexate intolerance or exposure to JAK inhibitor or biologic DMARD. And there were two separate primary endpoints, ACR50 at week 12 and DAS28 CRP less than 2.6 at week 24. Key results here, well at week 12, the ACR50 was achieved by significantly higher proportions of patients receiving either 15 or 30 milligram doses of the paracitinib monotherapy versus methotrexate. Uh, the differences between each uparacitinib group and methotrexate were significant at the first post-baseline visit and persisted through week 24. So early onset of action and maintenance of that response. ACR20 or, uh, or 70 were achieved by significantly more patients receiving uparacitinib 15 or 30 milligrams than methotrexate. So uh, sustained across the different outcome measures also and significantly higher proportions of uparacitinib patients achieved LDA or CDI-SI remission compared with methotrexate. Now, at week 24, uh, treatment of urgent adverse event frequency was similar between methotrexate in the order of 65% and uparacitinib 15 milligrams, 64%. So again, concluding paracitinib once daily, monotherapy demonstrated superior clinical radiographic and PRO-based outcome responses versus methotrexate in patients who were methotrexate-naive with rheumatoid arthritis. And there was, uh, potentially, this is a, an interesting group because they, they're at increased risk of structural damage. So this early improvement and sustained improvement is clinically potentially really advantageous for us. Now, these uh, two papers, I think, do demonstrate the usefulness of, of JAK inhibitors where methotrexate may not be an appropriate uh, choice, worries about tolerability, uh, potentially uh, other scenarios where a, an early introduction of a, an oral monotherapy is advantageous for patients. And certainly it adds to our, our literature evidence base going forward. Now remember to look at other publications uploaded this month, uh, you can go across to cytokinesignaling.com. Uh, they, they also include uh, in-depth slides reviewing paracitinib and rheumatoid arthritis and also some information about preclinical development and characterization of uh, phase one, phase two trials and the phase three select program. And this is work coming from uh, Yoshia uh, Tanaka, uh, who's always somebody who's worth reading. Uh, he, he really is a luminary in the field. And of course, it's a real pleasure for me to thank you for listening into the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. I, I do sincerely hope they're helpful to you in clinical practice. And uh, of course, to conclude, I hope you continue to stay safe and well in these challenging COVID times. Hopefully we're now in peri-COVID rather than acute COVID, but I'm acutely aware of the very different prevalences around the world. And wherever you are, I hope that you're practice continues effectively and well as we look after our patients to the best of our ability and of course that you yourself and family stay well. Thanks for your attention.